is What Shall We Do About with Sam Robinson. Hello and welcome to What Shall We Do About, the show that tries to fix the world's less pressing problems. Of all the sports that are played across Australia, soccer can't seem to catch a break. For so long, the code has sat in the shadow of cricket, Australian rules football and rugby league. The A-League has improved things, but soccer remains at a level that is nowhere near like its popularity overseas, where it's not known as soccer, but football. So what shall we do about soccer? Liam Stapleton, one half of Nova's Ben and Liam, is a huge soccer fan and joined me to chat about some of the issues with the sport and how we might be able to increase its popularity. Liam Stapleton, it's a delight to get you on the podcast. I've been hoping to get you on for a while. How are you doing? Uh, good, Sam. How have you been, man? It's been a while since we've shared the airwaves or any waves of any sort together. Yeah, yeah. So I joined you and Ben, I think it must have been like your second month into your Triple J breakfast show. So you, you were very early, yeah. You were fresh in that role. And I came on to judge the artworks of. Uh, your listeners, because I used to be a judge on Saturday Disney. <laughs> yeah, that's all right. Because I think I was I was having a tantrum about um, putting some sort of uh, figurines into they were like clay figurines into Saturday Disney, and um, then the the drawing was atrocious that one that week, and I just never forgave Saturday Disney. I, I never forgave the crow's nest lock bag. And so we decided to do like our own sort of version of it. And then, yeah, you just, you just so happened to get in contact and we're like, what? He was, he was an actual judge, which seems like a pretty cool job. It was, it was a great job. Well, kind of, it was a, a job where I had to like literally carry two Santa sacks full of mail down to my office twice a week and go through every bit of mail and reply to every bit of mail as well. So it Be was... Be honest, like, were you really replying to every every piece or were, I, there, yeah. were there a few that... Everyone got a fan card and I had to type up every kid's address and print out stickers to stick onto oh, the envelopes. Man. So every kid got a oh, reply. God. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm guessing that you mustn't have got anything in the mail. So maybe it wasn't under my watch you... that you lost. I was going to say, I'm like, are you sure? Are you sure every kid was supposed to get a reply? Because, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't remember getting one. Well, <laughs> but, you mean that? Maybe, maybe we were different eras. Maybe it was different eras, but um, I was very thankful that you let me come on your show because uh, I love looking. I love looking around Triple J, and that was a lot of fun. Um, and uh, yeah, I haven't been broken any kids' hearts since that moment, so we're all good, right? <laughs> it's good to it's good to hear, mate. It's really good to hear. We we have because um, on the station I'm working on at the moment, we had this competition where. I mean, I mean, it even hurts me saying it, but it was called Santa Paws and it was basically beating a bomb. It was one of those like, you know, it was a client thing. And um, uh, basically it was, you know, Santa was saying all these presents and the kids had to stop before the buzzer went off. And yeah, kids are greedier than you'd think. There was this one girl who, who'd won a PlayStation 5, a surfboard and a bike, and she was still holding out. I'm like, what are you doing? And then she lost it all. But then... <laughs> We, we've kind of felt bad, and so we just had to give it to her anyway, which kind of defeated the purpose of the whole bit. But I'm like, I was like, come on, girl, wrap it up. A PS5, I would take that and run straight away. Uh, what, when the kids lose, is that it? You don't mm. give them anything? 
Well, I mean, that's the way it's supposed to work, but it's really hard to tell a nine-year-old that they're not getting anything on the radio. Then you just come off as bad guys. So, yeah, we just had to backflip on it. We're like, oh, well, you know, all right, we'll just give it to you anyway. So this is, this is, <laughs> this is why you need to send off a <laughs> signed fan card in an envelope that yeah. you put a sticker on the front with the address and then everyone's happy, right? <laughs> Yeah, mate, that's it. Mate, that's if I could, I could tell you so many stories of parents calling me direct to complain that their kid didn't win Letter of the Week on Saturday Disney. Really? I could oh, I could write God. a book about it, mate. Anyway, we're not talking about we're not talking about artwork. We're talking about soccer. Um, that's and it. I, am that's I it. even insulting you by calling it soccer? Like a little bit, but I don't I don't want to be that guy. Okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? I I call it football, but then I also like. You know, everyone calls it soccer here, so it just it makes sense to call it that, or the world game, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. You're not saying I'm I'm going to watch the world game tonight, or I'm going to go play some world game this weekend. That's that's a bit of a mouthful, but uh, yeah, I mean, I, there's some people that really get their nose up about it, but I'm like, you know what, that's that's fine. With this, there's like basically three different types of football here, um, so it, it does get confusing. Calling it the world game, I mean, it's a pretty bold claim, isn't it? Really? Yeah, but it is. I mean, have you ever seen the World Cup? It's true. It's true. But there's also a World Cup of cricket, World Cup of rugby. Yeah, but but if there's a, in the World Cup of cricket, there's only like eight countries that are in it every year. Okay, true. That's a good point. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like if you, there is there is definitely a World Cup, but I mean, what is it? It's England, Australia, West Indies, India, Sri Lanka. I'm already struggling. Zimbabwe. <laughs> Zimbabwe. Yeah, um, but uh, yeah, I mean, there's Pakistan, obviously. It's probably a lot more, but um, it's and and there is of rugby that is that is true. I mean, ru- I think rugby union is probably closest to it as far as how global it is. And yeah, there's and then there's also basketball. You know, maybe maybe I need to check myself before I wreck myself. Maybe <laughs> no, I, no, maybe no. I. Agree, but it is it is called the world game. <laughs> and the other thing is, I think with some of these sports, like um, you know, with with cricket, you're getting a couple of countries. With basketball, especially, it's pretty much just like America are going to win every time. Mm. You know, they, they get a run for their money. Mm. I kind of like in the World Cup how the African nations are strong, the Europeans are strong, the South Americans are like potentially the strongest uh, at times. So it it does feel quite global. You know what I mean? Like mm. it's spread out. There's these, um, there's these, and you know, a team like England, we've had some big stars over the year. They haven't once, you know, haven't won since the '60s. So you know, even you know, in those sort of era with Beckham and Rooney and all those guys, they they still didn't manage to tie one up. How did he get into soccer? Um, well, my dad played it, so I, th- I suppose that's just the um, the easiest way to get into sports. Sometimes, if you you know your parents enjoy it, and then you kind of like go into it from there. But he was one of those guys who um, hung up the boots a bit too late. I think he was like thirty five before he called it a day. Mm. <laughs> so you got to respect that. But um, yeah, I uh, I got into it from a very young age. I think I was like four, and uh, doing the sort of um, you know before you you play, they do a sort of like development squad sort of thing where you just you know dribble around through cones and whatnot. Well, you know, if you could call it that, you sort of stumble around with the ball and you know make sandcastles and whatnot. But um, yeah, that's when I when I got into it, and I I stopped playing when I was about seventeen, which is probably pretty early as well because. You know, through most of my teens, I was you know dead keen to be the goalkeeper for Liverpool. That was my goal in life. Really? And um, 
Now I'm just a kind of just grumpy guy who just uh, talks for a living. So I kind of, but I lost, I lost the love, I lost the love uh, for it around 16, 17. Still love watching it, uh, but just um, maybe burnt out too early. I was sort of um, was in the state team for a year and did extra sort of training, and I really loved it. So I was sort of doing it every day, and then it kind of. Uh, yeah, it sort of took its toll, I suppose. I was just kind of like, yeah, I think I want to have a bit of a life outside of this now. What is it about the game that you love? Because I have, um, I get excited about football or soccer when the World Cup's on, but for the four years in interim, I don't really know or care much about it. For most people, they don't even get around, you know, the, the World Cup. So, I mean, at least at least you're there. I respect that. <laughs> I, like, at least you're getting, you're getting G'd up for the big occasion. I think it's because it's when we most of the time get to go. As Australians, and you know, it's easy to backfit back yeah. your team. Ooh, true. But I think for me, there's a few there's a few things that trouble me about the game. The first one is that you can go through a whole game and there's no score or even one mm. or two goals at all. Whereas you watch an AFL yeah. game, which I love, and you know, you know, a low scoring game would be in the twenties or thirties. You don't get bored. Yeah, no, it definitely. There's definitely some boring games. I can, I can. Uh guarantee you of that like so even like <laughs> you know especially when the preamble's there and you're like wow this is gonna be a game and a half and then just nil um even like liverpool my team won the champions league final last year and that was a pretty bad game to be honest it was good because we won two nil but yeah they kind of just scored a goal early and then just kind of killed the game just sort of kept possession and it wasn't very entertaining to watch when that does happen but sometimes it's exhilarating as well um that's i suppose that's what you what you look out for and just just like you can get bad games of any sport but there's also sometimes there's there's good games without uh the scores necessarily being there as well and there's just you know some of the stuff you're seeing on the field and defensively sort of is enough to to make you go that was exhilarating (laughs) but um yeah i mean obviously high scoring games are always great but sometimes i like the fact that it's such fine margins, you know, like you could go, you can go one nil up and then all of a sudden it's two nil up, the game's flipped on its head. Or even if you, you're two nil up and then someone goes one nil up, then they're just, they're only one goal away from leveling it out and drawing. And there's, there's been a lot of examples over the years where, you know, teams have been level and then there's a goal in like the dying minutes and it's makes it quite epic. Like I, I suppose, you know, with footy, like, I don't know if you, you saw the Richmond port game, mm in the uh the prelim um and that was tight and i kind of preferred it being tight and it was low scoring i think the end the last score was 40 46 at the end of the game but you know what i mean like a goal can flip it on its head Mm. um in the last sort of minute so i feel like that happens more in soccer because they're finer margins what about this is something that i've never really understood and it's when and i i'm gonna call it acting maybe it's not acting but when yeah. players roll around on the ground and they carry on for a while, I find that so unusual and strange, and I just I just don't have time for it. What's the What's the deal with it's that? The worst. Well, I think the actual term is now uh, simulation or simulating, so they can actually pick it up on VAR, which is a whole other kettle of fish now, which is kind of like um, let's see that in an instant replay, and then you know <laughs> slow it down and can watch it from a million different angles and high definition and. Um, yeah, they can they can actually pick you up and book you if if it's seen that you're sort of making a meal or something. So 
Um, it doesn't happen often, but it does happen. But uh, yeah, I think, I mean, the big example was in 2006 when the Socceroos were running red hot and um, we actually got it out at like, it was the second World Cup we'd ever been in, but then we got out of the group stages mm. and then we played Italy. You probably remember this. They ended up winning the World Cup that year. And um, yeah, there was a, a tackle from Lucas Neal in the box, which was pretty rash, but the um, Italian player made an absolute meal of it. They ended up getting a penalty late in the game and then they they won. We got knocked out. And I mm. think that, uh, as far as uh, this country's concerned, probably was all they needed to see as far as <laughs> that goes. Like diving was a real thing. I remember people had T-shirts with like the Italian team on it with, you know, jumping off diving boards and whatnot. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it was, a, it was a real thing. But, you know, that definitely is something that sort of... Um, you know, ruins the ruins the sport a bit, but uh, yeah, I, I think you get away with it less these days. The VAR thing, so I don't understand it uh, other than is it is it is it similar to third umpire in cricket? Yeah, it's pretty much the exact same. same. So okay. back in the day, or well, like when I say back in the day, like two years ago, like even a year and a half ago, it was just the refs' decisions. So if, if um, just say the ball's offside, the linesman had the flag up, the ref would have to call it. Or if the ref was, you know, I don't know, you know, 20 metres away from a challenge that was a bit, how's it going? And, mm. you know, someone gets, um, someone walks off a little worse for wear, they've got to blow the whistle and they, they make a call then and there to dish out a yellow card, a red card, or, or just sort of play on or, or a warning. And um, now those sort, sort of things are just scrutinised. Like if they're a little bit up in the air at, uh, about the decision, they'll, They'll run over to the screen and you know have a bit of a squeeze and, and see what's going on and like sometimes it'll go in your favor and you think oh geez that's great good on you VR. but most of the time <laughs> it'll go against you <laughs> go against your team and you'll be furious there was there's there's been a real like at least it's a bit more consistent uh this year but um it's 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 kind of infuriating when you see the offside rule like they can they can slow it right down and have like a almost like a drone shot from above and they have the line and it's it's honestly like millimeters off. You know they can have a red line and a yellow line. They're like, oh no, he was he was uh, from that play when the ball was played, and then you know you get goals disallowed and all that sort of stuff. It happened to Liverpool recently. They scored a goal against their uh, main rivals Everton in like the last minute, and it was, I mean, I think it was a goal. I think everyone thinks it was yeah, a goal, okay, but it was just after the fact. And oh geez, there's nothing worse than that. I think it's <laughs> nothing a- worse than that. <laughs> That is such an issue with any sport, and and you know um, tennis. You got the the Hawkeye system and all that kind of stuff. But um, I, I did read oh, that yeah. <laughs> there was a VAR fail in the A League Grand Final a couple of years ago. That was quite controversial. That's Do you right. remember that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's been a few of those. I mean, there was even an an, um, an England game where they the ball was. It was over the line. Like they, you know, they, there was just no way it wasn't, and they they didn't call it, and that's why they actually brought in VAR because ah. they'd scored a goal, and that was, that's one of those opportunities when, boy, an instance where you're like, oh, it would have been good if we had that technology back then. So that was, I think, that was maybe in like 2018, was the 2018 World Cup? Mm, or was it yeah. even before that? And like the ball had hit, it had hit the um, crossbar, and then went in. It was kind of weird. So so the ball like, hit the crossbar and went in about a metre into the goal, but the way it was spinning, the ball bounced back out. Oh. that makes sense? So it yeah, had gone yeah. over the line, but then bounced back out into play, and they just sort of played on. But 
um, if you had a camera sort of on the side, it, well, they did, but it was just sort of TV cameras. You would have seen it was clearly over. So, mm. yeah, people were furious about that. And I think that they're the sort of instances where it was brought in. And I suppose you can't really leave things to chance. And for the most part, if you're doing the right thing, then uh, you're going to be sweet. But it's it's the little like piddly sort of challenges where you're like, oh, come on. Like they, yeah. they, they slow it down and re- rewind and play like three or four times and you you see it and sort of some people will say it's ruining the game others say it's making it better but yeah it's probably going to take a few years to sort of all make sense there's also been a lot of controversy around uh the upcoming world cup in qatar 2022 which yeah. i guess i guess means that perhaps we've looked at the little bit little itty bitty problems with soccer but it's a larger scale problem with soccer and uh and and i'm wondering whether you think that the games are going to be tainted by the whole Qatar fiasco. I think so. And I think, I think um, you know, FIFA's pretty obviously corrupt, really. And this whole Qatar thing, I mean, we're, Australia were in the bid for this World Cup, up-and-coming World Cup for 2022. And I remember I was actually in England. I was actually um, over there for a soccer trip. I was training over there at the time in 2010 before I lost love for, <laughs> for the sport, yeah. uh, for playing it. And, uh, and uh, yeah, I remember all the Aussie sort of guys were in this hotel and we were like watching the bid. And then when Qatar was pulled out, we we're like, where's Qatar? <laughs> like, <laughs> and uh, I mean, the city that the, uh, that the World Cup is being played in, it's not even been built yet, like let alone the stadiums, they're building the city. And I, I don't know if you've seen, you've probably seen news articles or you know, documentaries about all the, the slave labor that's uh, been happening over there to get the jobs done. Like some of the, these people are coming from overseas. They're promised like a, a good wage when they get there they um, have to sign a different contract mm. a contract where they're getting paid you know far less and they're just shocking conditions and like not to mention the the weather i mean this is in the middle of the desert so it's 50 degrees some of the days and what's going to happen when you've got the swiss national team <laughs> playing in yes. 50 degrees <laughs> i don't know it, it's it's just doesn't it doesn't really make sense i mean surely it's going to hinder performances left right and center i mean even when you think of a real stinker here we're only getting to like you know mid 40s we had 34 degrees in adelaide the other day and i, was, I kind of forgot how hot 34 degrees was mm. it's not nice mm. I, i'd love to ask you before we go on to uh continue to fixing the issues around soccer uh you had a moment <laughs> yeah. last year or was it the year before i'm not sure but you got a tattoo can you share the story of your tattoo yes yes it was june last year um so basically my team liverpool they had gotten more points than any other team had in history. Well, the most points any team had got without winning the competition. Mm. Um, it was Man City and Liverpool were going head to head all season. And um, I mean, we were just one point, you know, our goal difference was better. And uh, I, you know, I was like, you know, what? I'm calling it, I'm calling it early. And uh, Liverpool had never won in my lifetime. The last time they'd won uh, was 1990, 30 years ago. And um, I decided to get a tattoo saying Liverpool FC champions 19 on my arm. And uh, unfortunately we didn't go on to win that. Um, so I had the wrong, the wrong tattoo. Um, I kind of was just blindly leading them, had a lot of faith and uh, yeah, it kind of came back to bite me on the bum a bit. But um, <laughs> what ended up happening is uh, after coming up uh, runner up, we managed to do it this year for the first time in 30 years. Liverpool won. So I've got my co-host on the radio here, Ben, 
to uh, fix the tatty up for me. And he put a little slash 20 and wrote season underneath it. And it's kind of ridiculous. I forget about the tattoo a lot, but sometimes it's, you know, it's a right on my arm where my tricep should be. It's not very pronounced. <laughs> um, but uh, I, uh, I catch it when I'm coming out of the shower sometimes. I'm like, God, that is really bad. I got a, I got a bit sad like two days after because I was like, oh, God, he's done a really bad job. It's just all weird. And then I've just kind of forgotten about it. But, you know, it's all right. It's, it's, I think it says a lot about me. It's, it's my team. And, well, yeah, I've, I called it early. So I'm an optimistic guy and uh, I support Liverpool. So, you know, people's tattoos, you know, they, don't they say that? They're supposed to say a little bit about you. I think so. I think that's right. And, and it, I guess it's, <laughs> it's a breakfast radio uh, arc. So it's got good leverage there oh, as well. Oh, big time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you know what the thing is, Sam? And I know you know the game. You're a brekkie radio guy. But you know when we talk about making noise? Yeah. This one did not make noise. Oh, what? <laughs> what? It wasn't received that well and, uh, you know, definitely not worth it. Oh, really? <laughs> as, far as, uh, no. as far as content goes. Uh, yeah. Because yeah, everyone, no. what, what was everyone just saying? Why would you? And that was about it? Well, I don't, I don't mean received well in like, and not received well in a bad way. Like people are like, how dare you do that to yourself? And like, it's probably just A, a People don't really care about Liverpool in Australia. Well, there is. I mean, that's a lie. There's, there's a lot of there's a lot of supporters, yeah. Fans and sport, but I mean, w- w- widely, um, it's not like it's the the national sport. Uh, so you know, there's probably little care factor there. And uh, I don't know. Maybe tattoos are just a bit done. <laughs> <So> <laughs> there's been a lot of other things where you go, oh, geez, I didn't know that would go that well. That just sort of well, that sort of took off. This one was like, all right. It was like I remember we'd gone on holidays for a week. We came back and it was like the Monday and we're like, we're doing it live on air. Ben's going to, he had to do this course. We'll like sign all these forms and stuff to get a tattoo gun. And he's giving me a free hand tattoo, um, which sounds juicy. Um, but, but yeah, maybe it wasn't, wasn't worth it. But uh, I, yeah, well, look, I'm not too bad. It's a, it's a story to tell your grandkids one day, Liam. Well, that's it. That's it. When they look at my wrinkly arms. And I also think that I'm not, I'm not too phased about the whole tattoo thing because I, I always thought, I was like, oh, geez, that's going to look shocking when you're older. But, I mean, everyone's going to look shocking when they're older now, right? Like every yeah. second person has a, has a sleeve or something going on. It's true. It's true. So the problem I see with soccer, and especially here in Australia, is the fact that, A, I call it soccer, but it's also <laughs> never been, it's never kind of topped the list of popular sports, right? So it's behind cricket. It's behind, It's never rivaled football codes like rugby league and Australian rules football. I guess, first of all, why why do you think it's not as popular here as those other sports? I don't know. I suppose it's maybe seen as a bit of a bloody pommy sport. If you think of that real, you know, ochre sort of Aussie, <laughs> you know, it can, it can be seen as a bit like that. Like my, so my girlfriend's dad is a big footy guy and absolutely hates it. And we get not, not like, not really heated arguments, but we get into arguments about it all the time. And he talks about how his no skill required and and I think that I'm like yeah okay but you can't tell me that Cristiano Ronaldo is a worse athlete than Buddy Franklin for example like we're talking this guy is like the peak of the peak and I think if you lined up all the people that played um, football compared to other sports in the world like it kind of doesn't compare I feel like it's just Mm. sort of it's in every sort of region of every continent it's everywhere and to be the best of the best you really have to be the best of the best 
Um, but I, 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 you know, I don't, I don't knock other sports. I'm, I'm not, I'm not a cricket guy. I like the big bash because it's just, you know, just all out sixes. <laughs> yes. um, I'm not a test guy, and I, I do, I do like footy. Like I don't not like it. It's just not my um, preferred sport. But yeah. yeah, I suppose I think Australians like having ownership over things, and they like, you know, feeling like it's their sport or they're the best. Like I think, even though we're not currently, I, I feel like cricket. I'm like, yeah, Australia are like the best at cricket. You know what I mean? Like mm. we, yeah. we, especially in that golden era, like around the Glenn McGrath, sort of Ricky Ponting, Michael Clark, Warney, like they're like icons. You know what I mean? Mm. And um, and footy's just. But then, isn't it funny? Like even living in South Australia, no one cares about rugby league. Mm. Like no one cares. <laughs> like yeah, you yeah. couldn't. We had a team called the Adelaide Rams a while back but it's, it's beyond and then i go when i was living in sydney for three years people most of the people i'd speak to would be into league and and not care about rugby state of origin game one was we held did. at adelaide sorry, Oval. sorry for, yeah which is crazy and there of course there was i mean it, it was a sold out event i must admit but oh, i mean a sold out covid event yeah uh but the only people i feel that would be really into the origin are, are the uh sort of people just who lived in Queensland and grew up in New South Wales and now live here. <laughs> so, yes. But um, yeah, none of the people in my um, sort of inner circle could give two hoots. But um, yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting, isn't it? Because I suppose you can also be biased about what you just kind of grow up on. Well, what do you think it would take to get more fans along to, or more spectators, I should say, along to semi-professional and professional matches here in Australia? Do you have ideas on how to make the sport more interesting or appealing? I think for starters, um, a national team doing a bit better would help that. Um, I mean, our women's team are bad ass. The Matildas are very, very good, mm. and um, they are certainly sort of large. And we, it's that's really great about this country as well. I feel like we've we've got some heroes. And these these women are like overplaying, you know, in the US and in the UK now. I mean, Sam Kerr, I don't know if you know who that is, but mm. she's um, she's playing for Chelsea and she is just dominating. Like she dominates on the world scene, which is really cool to see. And um, you, you do see a lot of mixed sort of, I suppose because it's not a contact sport, it's great to see um, girls and boys sort of growing up playing it. But as far as making it more exciting for people. I think I think it would boil down to that. I mean if if Australia were to uh and I don't I don't know if it'll happen in my lifetime, but if Australia were to make it to a, a World Cup semi final, quarter final, final, I think that would kind of whip everyone into a frenzy. Because also Australian people I think they like winning. Like mm, I mean yeah. I mean everyone does. Yeah. You know, I'm not necessarily into athletics, but you know you goddamn right! I'll be watching the the long jump if if, we, if we've got someone in it. You know what I mean? I'm like yes, gold for Australia. So I, I think that that's key. And the A League's so young as well. When you think about it, I went to the inaugural uh, game for Adelaide United in the A League back in two thousand and three. Carl Vitt scored the first goal in A League history against Newcastle Jets. There was fireworks. It was great. I went with my dad, my best friend Harry, and his dad Wayne. But that's that's my lifetime, right? Like imagine if you were sitting here going, oh yes, I remember the first game of the vfl <laughs> like you know what i mean like yeah it's sort of wild how young the league is and of course there was the um the uh, sort of national league before that so it was adelaide city was the team here and there was you know different club, uh, clubs sort of scattered around but the a league's so fresh even the old teams 
haven't been around for 20 years yet. So, mm. um, and there's teams getting added and dropped, you know, every sort of couple of years. So, um, and I suppose the other thing is maybe because there's, there is this framework now um, for younger players to sort of go grassroots to A-League, there maybe is a few less stars than there, there was because mm. there's more opportunities for players to play here and of course that's kind of maybe got a little bit less glory than overseas in the UK for example like the the big um sort of team for Australia was the 2006 World Cup team like really right. that's I mean they were, they were the superstars I don't yeah. know if I, can you can you could could you think of any players potentially from that sort of team any names uh Schwarzer yes that's one yep uh Kale yes that's probably as far, as many as I can remember. <laughs> that you know what? That's good. That's good. good. That is really good. good. But, I mean, when you look at that, Tim Cahill. I mean, he's playing for Everton in the Premier League. Insane. Mark yeah. Schwarzer, the highest capped international player in the Premier League of all time. The highest capped because mm. he only retired like a couple of years ago when he was forty. So it's 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 pretty wild. But those guys were sort of on the world stage, you know. So. You've also got Harry Kuehl, who played for Liverpool. You've got Mark Viduka, who played for, for Leeds and was an absolute legend. You've got Lucas Neal, Bresciano, like the list oh, goes yes, on and on. Yes. And guys were sort of playing over overseas and were sort of making a mark over there. So when they uh, all came together, it was this really exciting thing. But now we have so many sort of talented players. But a lot of, a lot of the national team are playing for you know, Brisbane Roar or Western Sydney Wanderers or whatever it may be. There's a couple of guys like Aaron Moy. Um, you know, he's, he's, he's a gun. He managed to sort of get himself out of the A-League and into the Premier League and, and do some damage there. And uh, a goalkeeper as well now, um, just like Mark Schwartz and Matt Ryan. He plays for Brighton uh, in the Premier League. So they're, they're sort of a top-flight club. But I think, uh, you know, that's probably one of the good things because it's sort of, it's sort of getting um, a few people to play professionally in the country. Mm. Um, but also on the flip, maybe maybe because they're not forced to go over there and sort of cut it with the big leagues, then there's not as much star power there maybe, which might not be as exciting for people to watch. I'm not sure. Well, Liam, uh, as we finish, what shall we do about soccer? Maybe we just need to have more of it on free-to-air TV. Mm. And maybe... There needs to be rules where if you're not good enough at footy, you have to play soccer until you like it or something like that. <laughs> That's good. I don't know. I, I'd come around to that. <laughs> Do you know I what think. I mean? Yeah. Maybe if you get dropped from the under-15s cricket team, even though your family will be disgusted, you have to go and play that uh, European sport and in, until you love it. Yeah. Or maybe... Maybe there's a sort of maybe for all sport there should be some sort of ballot system, it's sort of like a or like a dictatorship where you don't actually get to choose which sport you play. You just get sort of separated into different groups, and then everyone just has to sort of like you know you pick a name out of a hat. It's like oh you've got tennis, so you're gonna to have to play tennis for the next ten years. And if you if you're good at it, then you can become a professional. If not, then you then you drop off. I like that. I actually and that's I that's not gonna work. We, I we would... won't do that. I would add to the list because this has made me come around a little bit. Watch Ted Lasso on Apple TV Plus. 
Oh, yes. Yeah, I finished Ted Lasso the other day. It, it, it really does. Like, I know it's not really about football and soccer, but it really does make the whole thing, like, it just shows an underdog team trying to make it big. And it made me think, oh, there is something nice about this game. Yeah, Ted Lasso, if you get the chance, as you said, Sam, Apple TV, it's Jason Sudeikis who's, you know, horrible bosses and a lot of stuff. And um, he's like this uh, sort of goofy NFL coach who goes over to coaching a Premier League side. And I think that all happened because of this viral video on YouTube. Have you ever seen that one before? Coaching the actual Tottenham squad? Yes, because he was in all these NBC sports promos as the character of Ted Lasso. Yeah, yes. That's right. Yeah, and they, they, then the Americans are just sort of sort of picked up on it. I also think maybe maybe there needs to be some sort of like educational film, you know, in like in World War Two when people would like go and sit in the theatre and they'd they'd watch what the uh the troops were doing overseas. You know, you see that in the movies. Mm. Yeah. Maybe there should be a sort of like government sanctioned video of just absolute, you know, people just scoring crackers into the top corner from outside 18 yards and just sort of you're watching it on a loop until you go, oh, geez, I actually, I appreciate this. Thanks so much, Liam, and uh, really pray, appreciate your, your soccer prowess or football, the world game, I should say. Hey, hey, oh, mate, I, I've changed it. You've said football. It's a win for me, Sam. <laughs> appreciate the chat, man. Thank you so much. Liam can be heard on Ben and Liam on Nova Breakfast in Adelaide and also nationally on Sundays. Find him on Instagram at Liam Stapleton. Thank you so much for downloading and listening to this podcast. If you enjoyed it, why not tell your friends about it? And do hit subscribe to get new episodes in your feed every single Tuesday. You can also find the show on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. All the links are in the show notes. And feel free to shoot me an email anytime at whatshallwedopod at gmail.com. I'm always very pleased to hear from you. What Shall We Do About is hosted and produced by me, Sam Robinson, with original theme music by Chad Gardner.